Welcome back one and all to the damage report. I am John Idarola and this is a fantastic Tuesday with Francesca Fiorentini. Francesca, how's it going? It's me. Hi, I'm Francesca. It's me. Uh-huh. I'll stop. I'm I'm sorry. It needs, it needs some work. Any, yeah, no, look, my backup going with singers, it. the cat is asleep mm-hmm. right now, but we're training her. Mm-hmm. It's good. Hi, it's so good to be back with you on a Tuesday. Um, Glad to have you here. Yeah. I hear that over the weekend, you had a live version of your podcast. That's right. That I was not at, unfortunately, but I a know. lot of people were. How did that go? We missed the hell out of you. It went so, so, so good. Emma Vigland, Miles Gray. Nato Green, myself, it was sold out. It was so fun. There were a few Niners fans who probably skipped the show, and I know <laughs> who you are. Uh, no, it, coming some, for you. But some TDR and TYT folks, of course. Uh, shout nice. out to May if you're watching. What's up, girl? Nice. We we all know we and love May money. Um, and then you know everyone can watch it back if you're a patron or a YouTube member or a Twitch member. Very It'll eventually exciting. be released, but yes, Bituation Room, patreon.com slash Bituation Room if you want to get at it. Hopefully by today or tomorrow, I'll put it out. Okay, well, the plug always works better if it's available. So maybe get on it, get on it, get that up there. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's very exciting. I want to watch it too. Okay, everybody, it's uh, it was a very wise decision of yours to tune in because we've got some fun stories to talk about. A lot of endorsement news Big endorsements that Biden is hoping for, big endorsements that Biden already got that Donald Trump is not a fan of. Bad news for Lauren Boebert, regrettably. And we are going to have to talk about Taylor Swift because apparently that's the only thing in the news. And that's what every news show will be about from now until the end of days. But don't worry, that's probably not that far off. And then in the aftermath, so apologies if you're on the podcast or something like that, definitely go to the YouTube page and you can watch all of the VODs that don't make it on the podcast. But we will be talking about Neuralink. Elon Musk wants to get inside your brain and apparently someone said yes. And then a whole lot more besides that. So thank you for being here. You know, spreading the socials, hit the like button, blah, 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 blah. You can send us comments, tweets, super chats. We love the support and we love to hear what you think about what we're talking about. And one of you, sends in a message just might win a blue open gift card. So jump on that. For now though, are you ready to do this thing, Francesca? I don't know. I well, don't want to talk about Neuralink, but let's go. It's coming. It's coming. See, the fear that you have to discuss Neuralink could be resolved with an application of Neuralink. So anyway, we'll see if we can get her signed up for that. For now, let's jump into our first regularly scheduled story. Donald Trump is seething over the fact that the head of the United Auto Workers has endorsed Joe Biden, called Donald Trump a scab and said, I can't fathom any union would support Donald Trump for president. Those are fighting words. They're intended to be fighting words and Donald Trump is fighting back. Sorry, he's whining back, bleeding. Sean Fain is a weapon of mass destruction on auto workers and the automobile (laughs) manufacturing industry in the United States. Is he under contract to China? Because they'll be getting almost all of our car making business. Which, can we pause for a second there? I never know what he means when he puts the quotes around something. But in that case, like, I guess it's car making, but that's such a weirdly like juvenile way to say. And why are you questioning it? They make cars. Are you debating whether they make the cars or are you debating that they're cars? I but think anyway, it's he when goes, you can't remember like auto manufacturing. So you're like, manufacturing. Um, 
car making like, in air quotes. Like it's it's the automobile industry, just car makers. Anyway, <laughs> all auto workers should vote for Trump. Make America great again by destroying the auto industry. And so that wasn't even the first thing that he sent against Sean Fain. We're not gonna read this entire thing because I think it's longer than a Harry Potter book. But he did say, I had the great privilege of watching Sean Fain, the president of UAW this morning on Deface the Nation. You see what I did there? <laughs> he is a real stiff who is selling the automobile industry right to the big, powerful, supple, soft hands of China. Blah, 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 all the cars are gonna be made in China, blah, blah, blah. I want them to be made in America. And apparently the way that he thinks that that will happen is if you crush Sean Fain, you crush the UAW, you crush the unions, you drive them into the earth. And then I guess the cars will be made here or something. And all the electric, the amazing electric cars that US based automakers have been rolling out that are amazingly competitive with anything any country is making. Screw all of those, they're stupid because they're good for the environment. And I guess we hate that even though we love Elon Musk. It's very muddled, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But what does make sense is why he's so angry. He wanted that endorsement. And honestly, if he'd gotten that endorsement, Maybe he'd be pro electric cars, maybe he'd be pro unions, we don't know, he turns on a dime. But I wanna give you just one more thing that Sean Fain said that perhaps was on Trump's mind when he's been continually bleeding. He said, when you look at these two candidates, it's very clear the difference between both of them. Now they acknowledge in common dreams that UAW has called for a ceasefire in Gaza, which obviously Biden is not you know, out front on that. but. Sean Fain says one of them, President Biden, has always been on the American worker and stood with the American worker. And he proved that during his presidency. He stood up with us for the first time in US history. We had a sitting president join striking workers on the picket line. And he, in fact, did do that. That's a thing that Biden was involved in. Meanwhile, Trump bashed the UAW in a speech at a non union plant in Michigan because, and never forget this, this MAGA movement, this workers movement, hates workers, it hates them having any power. It wants them to be demolished by the CEOs, by the industries, by these corporations. They're supposed to be cogs in a machine and you do not bargain with cogs. Francesca, Absolutely. I know you're, you're a fan of Sean Fain. What do you think oh, yeah, about Sean, where he comes down on this and Trump's I mean, look, response? Obviously we saw the endorsement, but I'm still holding out Sean Fain 2024, let's go when something happens. I think Sean Fain needs to step up and we know there's a lot that can happen. But I set that aside. Look, I don't know why Trump is even talking about this because he laid his bed with the non-union workers when he spoke at that plant in Michigan. He knew that Joe Biden had just walked the picket line days before. He could have easily gone and walked the picket line. There would have been UAW members who were into it. There would have been UAW members who were against it. Remember, Sean Fain didn't endorse Joe Biden until recently. The UAW yeah. didn't throw down behind Biden until recently. So honestly, Maybe their endorsement were up was going to be up for grabs. Trump chose not to do that. So now, why is he drawing attention to the fact that he didn't support unionized workers at the time and getting all salty and prickly about it? You threw them under the bus first, and now you're drawing all of our attention to the fact that, yeah, your full populism is exactly that, that you don't care about when workers actually exercise their power. And as you said, they, you want them to be little supple worker bees. And okay, let's set aside the fact that Donald Trump received $5.5 million from China directly during his administration that we've just learned somehow we're supposed to forget about. But the whole China, 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 no. 
When you have strong unions in this country that can prevent companies that have in their contracts, like you cannot close these plants, you're locked into these contracts that give workers stability, longevity. It allows for companies to not just up and move. Like there are more, there are more stipulations, there's more legal requirements. And yeah, you're not just leaving to find the lowest common denominator, the worker who will work for mm-hmm. the lowest amount of money, the way global capital usually works. And, and this has to be global, obviously, in terms of labor, um, union protections need to be global. Otherwise, you know, again, some corporations will leave, but like, that is not yeah. borne out. The more you, the more you destroy unions and the labor sector in this country, the more corporations can and do mistreat their workers, underpay them, and yeah, eventually leave. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. By the way, like it would, it would be as you say. He could have gone and he could have stood with those who are striking. He could have done that in the same way that the pro-life movement could easily actually be a pro-life movement. They sure. could put reality to the label, but choose not to. The MAGA movement could be a pro-worker movement. It would be easy, but it isn't, and it won't be. And if you're one of these MAGA people that thinks like, like oh, Nikki Haley, she just she's just supported by those wealthy donors, and they're just putting her in office to do what? to give the wealthy and corporations whatever they want. That's honestly what you think, and you're right. She would do that because of the support of these donors. And she's just the latest in a long line of Republicans and Democrats that would do that. That's what you would have gotten with Jeb Bush and Scott Walker and a whole lot of them. But here's the thing that you miss, Donald Trump gives them the same thing, except he doesn't even need to be bought by them. He mm-hmm. just gives it to them because he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Like Nikki Haley is owned by the donor class. Trump is the donor class. He will say he'll screw you over. He'll take away your ability to collectively bargain. He'll drive down wages. He'll give them tax cuts. He'll deregulate for them. And he's not even doing it because they pay him. He does it because he actually believes that it's the right thing to do because it benefits mm-hmm. him and people like him. Not people like you. You're not even invited to the parties where people like him are talking about this strategy and everything. Why doesn't that bother you more? Meanwhile, the people that you despise, like this stiff Sean Fain, organized this strike and delivered for actual workers. So in this, the UAW will receive, remember, they got the, the new contract, 25% pay increase over the course of a four and a half year deal. For the lowest paid workers, gains of up to 160%. And that's just the straight pay. Also, cost of living adjustments are back on the table. Improvements in retirement security, the right to strike over plant closures. Also allows workers to go from their starting wages to the higher highest wages in three years rather than eight, which is really nice. If you, if you show loyalty, you should be paid for it. Commitments for the expansion of existing plants, the right to organize an electric vehicle battery plants, and the reopening of a plant that had been closed in Illinois. Those are all real wins for the working class. That's a workers movement. The MAGA movement likes to say that they're for workers, but there is a movement that's actually doing things for workers. Donald Trump has no interest in it. When is his movement gonna wake up to that? And by the way, while he's doing all of this tweeting about Sean Fain, I just want to give you a little update and I've been tracking this. We're days out from the E. Jean Carroll decision and he still hasn't defamed her again. It's looking like it worked. (laughs) I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying nobody else in the media seems to be acknowledging that. 
It no. actually appears to have worked. That's super crucial. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Cuz yeah, anyway. if it were anything else, you're like why wouldn't he just be running his mouth? Oh, 83 million dollars. That's why. 100%. Ah, uh, finally learned his lesson. Shut the f up. <laughs> Well, um, I want your thoughts on this. That's Trump, he's angry because he didn't get that endorsement or whatever, even though why would he want the endorsement? The guy sucks, why did you want his support, Trump? Makes no sense. But I wanna turn now to the other side. Joe Biden has settled on an election strategy and it can apparently be summed up in one word, Trump. According to Axios, after three years, Biden goes all in on the T word and it's all over his speeches. So remember, Biden went literally years, three years of his administration. And if he referenced Trump at all, which was rare, he would say the other guy, he would say my predecessor. But on Saturday alone in a speech in South Carolina, Biden said Trump 22 times, called him a loser twice and Donald Herbert Hoover Trump once. Which I think is relatively clever, but it's gonna be lost on Donald Trump because he doesn't know any historic figures. But anyway, if the goal in all of this, talking about him, calling him a loser, is to get under his skin, we already know that it's working. The, the CNN had talked to a person close to Trump that said, I do think he's trying to get under his skin. And I think it's the smartest thing the Biden campaign has done yet. It rattles him and takes him off message. So that's working, if that's the goal. But if the goal is to win an election, well, that's something else. But let's be clear, this is the bet that they are making. We knew that it was coming, by the way, it's hardly a surprise. But they are going all in on this. They are expecting that Donald Trump is Donald Trump's worst enemy. He always has been, he will be in 2024. With all the crimes he's already committed, with the speeches he'll give, the anti-democratic talking points he'll make, the bragging about killing, the right to choose, all of that. And they are clearly hoping that Donald Trump will lose this thing, rather than Joe Biden will Having win, to win it. it. 100%. I mean, and so it's the question an to you is, will the bet work? Yeah, yeah. And it is an interesting gamble. And I feel as a pundit, um, my, none of my spidey senses are kicking in. And I want to be honest about that because this, the corollary isn't 2016, right? It is not just saying, look at how crazy he is, look at how crazy he is, because there were people out there who didn't know how crazy he is and didn't believe that he would be crazy and kind of bought into some of that rhetoric around he was gonna provide health care for everybody. Where's the health care plan, guys? Oh, it doesn't exist. Oh, okay, tight, tight, tight. Like, so we unlike 2016, we've seen what four years of Trump can do to this country. I don't think, in fact, we know we can't deal and do four more. Um, so there is a strategy that I think is working. That being said, you need an actual vision and a plan. And we're gonna talk when we talk about Roe v. Wade on this. But I do feel like Biden cannot only run on the fear of another Trump administration. He has to outline a real vision for this country. And it starts with like, be concrete about it. What are you going to do about women's rights? What are you going to do about climate change? What are you going to do about this like virulent right wing? You know, and how, and like, what is your alternative message to that? What are you selling people? Is it about unions? Is it about workers' rights? Is it about college tuition? And so I, I, I am really, really upset that people like Joe Manchin made Joe Biden abandon his build back better plan. I mean, truly gutted it, sold it for parts and part, parts, parts of those parts passed. 
But that vision is not there, John, as it was in 2020. Um, but then again, 2020 was also an election that fear kind of did win Biden the election. So I don't know, yeah. what, what do you make of it? Yeah, look, I think that Biden shouldn't be the nominee. But if you're Biden, you probably disagree with me, understandably <laughs> so. And if you all work for Biden, you probably disagree with me. So if he's going to be the nominee, I think this is their single best strategy. I agree with them that. I don't agree that it should be the strategy because I don't agree that they should be the nominee. But um, but look, Biden is super weak. All of that mm -hmm. is true. All of that is true and separate from the effect that Donald Trump has on elections. And I want everyone to remember that yes, he was president, but he has always underperformed just like a suit stuffed with straw with the word Republican on it. In 2016, he didn't win the the um, the uh, the popular, popular vote. vote. Yeah. In 2018, they did poorly. In 2020, he lost, and then they did really poorly. In special elections between then and 2022, they did poorly because of Donald Trump, because of the candidates that he put forward. His endorsement is pure gold in the primary. Yeah, and then it is dead weight in the general election. Yes, and that will likely be true here. Independents are not going to be super interested in him. The only question is, are they at least okay enough with Biden to still turn out? And I agree with you, he needs to have a positive agenda. I don't think that that's what the campaign is going to look like because it is a lot easier to put together a campaign ad reminding everyone of the incredibly callous and jokey and juvenile comments Trump made about COVID as a million Americans died or mm -hmm. to put together an ad of him bragging about how he was gonna kill Roe v. Wade and now it's killed and horrible things are happening. That's a harder hitting ad than give me a Senate and House majority and we're gonna enshrine the right to choose, which I wouldn't even believe him if he said it, but that stuff does have to still exist. It's harder to sell in ads, but you need to have it out there. If you're, yeah. you're gonna have these high profile surrogates, give them something to surrogate over. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Just, you know, look, some of these swing voters, some of, I mean, and they do exist. Some of the Republican suburban or suburban women who sort of go either way. I mean, it's just so funny to me that like you think about what the right is running. They're probably running ads about Joe Biden being like part of a crime family. Joe Biden, I mean, I think we need to put this in a context of like, of any Democrat, who would you be least afraid of? It's Joe effing Biden. I mean, unless you're Palestinian. Um, but beyond that, you're like, they they have nothing against this guy. They can't run. They cannot make him scary if they tried, and and yet the guy they're running is a menace to our entire democracy. Um, yeah, it may work one more time around, uh, but either way, John, I just feel like Democrats have an identity crisis uh, once and if we finally slay Donald Trump. But hey, maybe we think about yeah. that the day after. It is it is the wildest thing because I. I've heard half of what you just said articulated. The idea that if you were a Democrat, if you were Biden, who would you want the Republican nominee to be? Just purely based on your chance of winning, it would be Trump, right? I mean, maybe it would be, you know, Lauren Boebert or something. Right. But I'm saying, he's got so much baggage. The baggage. He's got so much baggage. That's what I'm saying. So you would choose him, and that's who the voters are choosing. And if you were a Republican running, what Democrat would you want? You probably want Biden. Totally. Because totally. So we have two theoretically multi hundred million, if not billion dollar campaign apparatuses yeah. to choose the best possible candidate. And each has chosen the one that the other side would want them to. 
Yes. How is that possible? How is I that don't know. It's a little works? bit of a rock, paper, scissors. We've both chosen rock. Like, and we're just like, ah. <laughs> 100%. Anyway, that's the strategy. Stay tuned throughout the year to figure out if it works. It is Trump. So he's got a chance, but he's got to start moving a bit. And just calling Trump a loser is not enough. If it was, Trump would be dead right now because a I lot don't of people know, John. I think calling him a loser is kind of sick. It's too bad no, they're do it, do it. It's fun, but it's not enough. No, of course not. Uh, of course yeah. not. You can call him all sorts of names, and on the other side of this break, we will. No, we do have to take our first break though. Lots more to come. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back one and all, thank you for being here. We've got news for you, let's do it. The right swears that Donald Trump is not worried about Taylor Swift potentially endorsing or campaigning for Joe Biden, but they sure as hell seem to be. Take a look at this. Why would someone as popular as she is alienate? And and I'm not saying you know it's going to be you know, people are going to hate her, but why alienate the, your the, your fans, the Swifties? Don't get involved. Don't get involved in politics. We don't want to see you there. If you need Taylor Swift to save your presidency, <laughs> do you have a presidency? That's a deep thought. We both said that we were cheering for the opposite team, the Ravens, to beat out the Chiefs, just because we have had enough of Taylor Swift for now. But here's the facts. Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, and now there's an online plea circulating that is begging people to become Niners fans for the next two weeks. <laughs> Just so it doesn't raise Travis Kelsey, aka Mr. Pfizer's star power, along with, of course, Taylor Swift, because it is so scary. There was a recent poll, one-fifth of Taylor Swift fans said they would back whichever candidate that she endorsed. Just please don't believe everything Taylor Swift says. We're all begging you. They're elevating her to an idol, idolatry. This is a little bit what idolatry, I think, looks like, and you're not supposed to do that. In fact, if you look it up in the Bible, it's a sin. So I don't like that, and I'm also over this new boyfriend. To be honest, I don't think they're really into each other. I think it's a publicity stunt, but okay. They're gonna build her up and build up Kelsey as well. Build them up, build them up, build them up. And then at the moment of truth, they're going to endorse Biden. Uh, yeah, I think people need to cool it with worshiping strangers. I mean, this, what do we know about her for real? We're supposed to pretend we don't see the psyop? Look, we all know what's happening with Taylor Swift is not organic and it's not natural. This is bread and circuses on steroids. Major League Sports in and of itself is nothing but a psyop. So then they become obsessed with some grown man who gets paid millions of dollars every year to throw a ball around while promoting poison death shots and child slave labor through various brand deals and endorsements. <laughs> wow, so there's a lot there clearly. Taylor Swift Ooh. is so powerful that not only has she taken over literally every square millimeter of their brain, but they've gotten the right to hate football. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> so a the left has killed it's always been a football. Yeah, so oh. take it away. I, where do you wanna start? You wanna start an idolatry, how Taylor Swift isn't natural, how football is a plot of the devil, what do you think? I love Taylor Swift's not natural from like just nothing but Botox faces, but I put that aside. The idolatry was just where I think we might 
Ding! Like the sort of gods of hypocrisy, sh like shone down and like they ascended into like the nether region of wherever you go when you are so so lost in your own BS. Like that was amazing. You know, you just shouldn't worship strangers. It's like a it's like a cult. You know, those are bad. Shouldn't worship strangers. Whatever Donald Trump does or says, I will lick his boots. Literally, he is God. Let's make him king. Kings are good. Like <laughs> that is John. They're so scared of her. They're so scared of her. And you can hear that in these voices saying, pleading, please, 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 please don't take all your news from Taylor Swift. You know why? Because they know that any MAGA people that like Taylor Swift in a, if they had to choose Taylor <laughs> or Donald Trump, hmm. they're going with Taylor Swift every damn time. That doesn't mean they're voting for Joe Biden. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't cast the vote for Donald Trump. They yeah, know that. Look, the, the the poll that they referenced there is true. Apparently, about one in five are like, yeah, just whoever she says to vote for, I'll vote for. Which, by the way, <laughs> like, do that because it'll hurt Trump. No, I'm kidding. Don't don't just vote because some celebrity tells you to. Like, take into account what they say. If they provide a good reason, then that's cool. It all comes down to what they say. Like, the right pretends. Celebrities shouldn't be involved in politics. And in fact, if they are, it's unnatural. It's a psyop. The CIA must be there. It's idolatry, the mark of the beast. My butt hurts so bad. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, like if Dean Kane is like, hey, I'm right wing, they're like, get him on TV. Get Dean Kane. Remember Dean Kane from 1994? <laughs> yes. We need yes. Dean Kane. Um, we need all of like whoever, if it's Kid Rock or what, they would love Taylor Swift if she was on their side. They're just being hypocritical. In the same way that Donald Trump talks about Hollywood elites or whatever, that guy has never wanted anything more in his life than to be loved by Hollywood. And that is true of every single right wing talking head. All of them wanted to be actors or comedians or whatever. Michael Knowles and, and Ben Shapiro, they all desperately wanted to be accepted by Hollywood. They weren't, so they became this dark mirror version of themselves. Yeah. And that is true when it comes to the endorsements as well. The literal only reason they don't like Taylor Swift is that she is apparently gonna endorse Joe Biden, that's it. Whereas we are consistent. You could say whatever you want if you're a celebrity. If it makes sense, good. If it's baseless, anti-scientific, anti-vax nonsense, then we're gonna make fun of you. That's our right, okay? But they can't be consistent in this way. No, and if this is starting now, think about like it's gonna keep on going and going and they're gonna like the right is also so thirsty they love celebrity news it's why like Ben Shapiro and you know the Daily Wire you know they cover all kind they cover like the Amber Heard Johnny Depp thing like they love this kind of clickbait stuff but they're so worried in a general election and they know that someone like Taylor Swift who isn't a goddess but she's smart she's like she is spoke she like believe she likes people and that's the other like I think she's like a like not a terrible person. So she know they know she's not on their side cuz they're all trash human be beings or trash monsters really. So like man, she seems like a nice person. She's probably going to vote for Joe Biden. I don't know even if she doesn't come out with an endorsement, who knows what she's going to do. Um I think she probably will say something at some point. We've seen her uh throw down in elections prior. Um, we've seen her speak out against who was it? Uh, was it who did she whose career did she was it Marsha Blackburn? I can't remember. Oh, I, Marsha Blackburn. The, yes, yeah. Yes, I think it was. Came out speaking against Marsha Blackburn. We know she's for obviously 
the right to choose and the right to an abortion. That's gonna be very clear. She's got I me mean, like, look, you go to a Taylor Swift concert, I wouldn't spend money on that. But like, Seems there like is just a massive horde of Gen Z women who are either of voting age now or have been recent voters. And yeah. they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. It just doesn't like you, hey, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna campaign for decades that we think you are cattle. You're a product, you shouldn't have control of your own body. We're gonna try decade after decade after decade. Oh, um, it doesn't seem like that message is really winning. Uh, we're gonna strip away your rights anyway. Yep. Wait, are you guys mad about this? Why are you reacting so negatively? How can you be surprised that maybe some female celebrities might get a little bit radicalized with the fact that you stripped away rights? I don't get how they're so shocked, but it is just, it is leading them down some truly dark avenues. Idolatry, are you out of your mind? You already covered the fact that they're part of literally a golden calf worshiping cult right now. Yeah. But the conspiracy, like Ramaswamy's thing, that like they're rigging the Super Bowl so that Taylor Swift will be more notable so that she can help Biden. Oh she already God. is apparently the biggest celebrity in the country. You guys already can't go five seconds without talking about her. Why would they have to go to the trouble of rigging the Super Bowl? And didn't you guys used to like football? Also, it's like just it's so weird. It's very funny that I they have to now throw you. down. They have to throw down with like the Niners from like San Francisco, the liberal yeah. bastion of the country, <laughs> San Francisco. I mean, used to be at one point, and like over the Chiefs, over Kansas City. You're like, this doesn't make sense politically, y'all. Yeah, and 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 by the way, my final point: they're making her stronger, like. It would have been a thing where she was just out there and maybe she endorses Biden or whatever. But like they're constantly attacking her, which is almost certainly gonna drive her to be more involved in the election. And they're sending a strong daily signal to all of her followers that us, us reprehensible monsters despise the person that you worship, making them more likely to listen to what she has to say. Yep. However powerful and influential she is, they are materially improving that for her. Now, we need to move on to very different news. It's gonna be a weird transition, so just buckle up as we launch into this. Mr. Little John will not be making a statement this time, but we'll give that some thought in the future. While certainly it was not the outcome that we had hoped for, we greatly appreciate the court's time and consideration of the case. You think it was a fair sentence? Uh, that's all we have to say for now, thank you. That was the lawyer for the man sitting next to her, Charles Littlejohn, who has received five years in prison for stealing and then leaking Donald Trump's tax returns, as well as the tax returns of a number of other wealthy individuals. Five years in prison and then three years of supervised release, 300 hours of community service and a fine of $5,000. And we're gonna give you all the details, but just bear in mind, he is going to spend five years in prison for revealing Donald Trump's financial information. Donald Trump might well not spend five minutes in prison for all that he's done through the course of his life. So yes. it seems a little bit weird. Now bear in mind, it is a privacy violation. It wasn't just Donald Trump, but also Jeff Bezos, a number of other incredibly wealthy people. And I also wanna remind you of what we learned from this, cuz there's some facts that we just now accept that I didn't even know at the time was because of what this guy had done. So the fact that Trump paid $750 in taxes his first year in office and nothing in the other years due to reported losses, which rich people can do, but you can't. 
Thank you to Charles Littlejohn, we know that. The fact that the 25 richest Americans legally pay a smaller share of their income in taxes than many ordinary workers do. Look, is it a violation of privacy? Yes. Is Worth it a service it? to our society? <laughs> Arguably. Is it an attack on our constitutional democracy? Well, that's what the judge said. Anna Reyes, who's a Biden nominee, by the way, said that that's what it was, an attack on our constitutional democracy, says, noting that Trump was under no legal obligation to release his filings, even though every other candidate in history had. And likening the case to the January 6th attack on the Capitals, the judge said, it cannot be open season on our elected officials. It just can't. The lawyer says he was doing this because he feels like you have an obligation to make this information out there and he would be doing a public service by acquiring it and then releasing it. But he is going to pay for that service. Francesca, what do you think? I do think five years is a little extreme, but I also think that this man, Mr. Little John, is a goddamn hero and I think he should be celebrated and I think five years worth it. Look, remember this was at a time when Trump hadn't released his tax returns. They were begging him to release his tax returns. He hadn't done the financial disclosures that disclosures that you have to do to be a president, which we, I guess we don't have any enforcement around. Congress can't enforce it, like the courts can't enforce it. He was just, President without doing the proper paperwork, without disclosing or putting his money into what what was it like a some sort of financial blind holding trust. his blind trust exactly like he was not complying. Remember the the dis- discussions around this time was like this guy is clearly hiding something, and here Mr. Little John found it seven hundred and fifty dollars. Who among us? Have paid that little in federal income taxes. Oh my God. And it's just wild to me that we, and ProPublica, look, ProPublica does an incredible amount of work, uh, reporting around this. And it wasn't just Trump, it's billionaires and millionaires that pay such a fraction of their overall wealth. So uh, look, it sucks that yeah. he, look, give me his, I'll, I'll send him a letter, man. I'll send him yeah. some, what can you have in prison? W. Bazile in the chat says Biden should pardon this guy, which if he did that, that would be the most dark Brandon thing. Can the you most imagine dark how Fox News would respond if he pardoned this guy? Um, and which look, is so look, fun I think that they don't, sorry, I just want to say the dark Brandon thing is so fun because I love how they say let's go Brandon. But then when we started saying dark Brandon, they were like, no, <laughs> like they don't no, even think she wanted that. us to go Brandon, so we're going Brandon. Exactly. But anyway, um, look, I, it's complex. I, I don't, I don't want vigilante disclosure justice. I want people to just comply with the norms, which are not intrusive. Just reveal your financial information. We have a right to know if you are utterly corrupt. And it wasn't just that Donald Trump didn't do it. It's that he lied to his base about why he wasn't doing it year after year. And it is such, they should be ashamed of the fact that that didn't bother them. Considering how central to their worldview, they pretend sort of a critical view of elite excess is. They say they're against corruption and they want transparency and they didn't demand it of their cult leader. And how could it be that revealing his taxes puts you in jail for five years? But getting away with financial murder as he and so many other billionaires do, not a single day in prison. Well, of course, that's the way the system is set up and that fundamentally is the entire point. And so it seems crazy that he's gonna spend five years in prison. 
wild. If Joe Biden wanted to pardon him, maybe we would cheer. We'll see. Amazing. Anyway, we need to take our second break. When we come back, Lauren Boebert fled her district for perhaps greener pastures. We're going to check how green they are after this. Okay, everybody, we had a little bit of fun in the social break speculating about new running mates for Biden. Perhaps we can do more of that at some point. But for now, let's jump back into the news. If Lauren Boebert thought that moving districts was gonna give her a smooth sail to reelection, well, she might be in for a big surprise because the first straw poll of voters in a new district was just done. And here's how she did. If we bring up this chart, you're gonna sit, you're gonna have to look at the bottom, <laughs> find old Bobo. Because she's in fifth. Fifth. Jerry Sonnenberg, who I think everyone expected would put up strong numbers. I'm kidding. I don't know who any of these people are. Mike Lynch, I think, was formerly of the, I think, of the state senate. I think Mike Lynch was the guy, this baseless allegation. You go look, but I think he's the guy that was speeding and driving drunk and had a gun that he wasn't supposed to have. Oh, I don't know for yeah, sure. So I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying he got eight more votes than her. So look, obviously, this is a small sample of some of the potential voters. And theoretically, they're biased against her. Maybe they're biased towards the candidates that they already know, the people who actually live in that district. And maybe the rest of the people in the district will be similarly biased against this obvious carpetbagger who is just trying to swoop in, doesn't know anything about the district, doesn't care anything about the district, just wants to stay in power and doesn't want to have to actually make a stand for her seat in her original district. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they know they know she's a phony. They know she's a tryhard. They know she's doing this because she can't win in her district. And they know about the Beetlejuice play, okay? We all saw that, you know? And, and what's crazy is, and I keep on trying to distinguish her from, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think obviously she's not running in as safe of a district, or at least the sixth, right, was not as safe of a district. Um, she is basically running scared from Frisch, right, which was her Democratic mm -hmm. opponent. Um, but it seems like she was polling even below the other Republican who uh, was going to primary her. Um, so. I don't know. I mean, it just it doesn't project strength, and and also she hasn't clearly made a name for herself on a national scale, in a way that and hasn't been able to raise money for the Republican Party, which is clearly all they care about. So I don't know. Like I'm caught between being like ha 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 and like why is her brand of crazy not good enough yeah. for MAGA? Uh huh. Yeah. Look, she's a known quantity. She has a name. Right. But I would ask all of you. For what? Like I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Like she, I know people have made this comparison a lot, but I think there really is something to it. She is very much in the Sarah Palin school of Republican politicians, and I don't just mean you know that she has a big name, talks a big game, but doesn't really get anything done or whatever. But like the, she's constantly in the news for this personal, legal, family drama. Totally needless, insane stuff constantly going on around her. Some of it that she's responsible for, some of it that she's not. And it is easy for that to eclipse substantive stuff when there's no substance. Yeah. Like, what issue is she championing? What group is she a leader for? I honestly don't know. She's just kind of, she made some Islamophobic jokes about Ilhan Omar and, um, and then the Beetlejuice thing happened, and that's pretty much what her career but in Congress was. Could, so why not roll the dice on a new person? 
Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you could say the same thing about Marjorie Greene. Like, I I don't see a massive difference, again, unless it is all about the fundraising. It's that she's done more podcasts. She's even crazier. She does CrossFit. She's blonde. You know, like, what? Mm-hmm. Like what? She wore that thing and screamed out at um, uh, Joe Biden during the State of the Union. She but wore the baboon coat, yeah. She wore I the remember. baboon coat, but, like, so did Bobert. They were both there, like, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. You know, we saw that. Yeah. So. Again, I'm I'm not quite sure, but I, I think it is, you know, on an objective, hey, candidates shouldn't be this unqualified and psychotic to be part of Congress. This is a good thing. This is a good yeah. move. Yay, Republicans in Colorado. Anyway, but if anybody out there is a fan of Mar of Marjorie Green, uh, Lauren Boebert, she's she's gonna be fine. Like she still is known in the MAGA world. She even if she loses, she'll do something and it'll be unbearable. There will probably be a podcast or something like that. So buckle up. Okay, with that said, I wanna move into weirder but potentially consequential news for one of the swing states in the 2024 election. Whenever we're ready, let's jump into this. How is Gina Svoboda, are you superwoman? I am. I'm Wonder Woman. Okay, you're Wonder Woman. I'm, I'm fueled by God. Well, the president. I, love I, that. I have to say, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by yeah. I'm wearing the armor of God. Amen, amen. You know, amen. I mean, and if the person, I think that the reason uh, that. God made me my nerdly election self is for this time. <laughs> so that the person that's, because there's been a lot of I didn't times. want to say that. I said we got a, <laughs> I mean, an Arizona GOP is kind of a nerd, but hey. But Nerds for the awesome. but, but, I, but I really like. We've you're, raised, had, you're saying you're raised up for a reason. Amen. So uh, that woman being interviewed by uh, meth head Santa is Gina Swoboda, the new head of the Arizona GOP after the ousting of the previous one because of the whole trying to like bribe Carrie Lake out of the race thing. So she's in charge and she appears to be game. She's hanging out with Steve Bannon. She's talking a big game about Wonder Woman and how God put her in the position. God notably concerns himself with the head of state parties. That's a big thing that he's focused on. But no, 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 I'm not, I'm not just joking around. She's game for what they want someone in her position to do, which is to stop people from voting. Take a look at this. I don't think the courts in Arizona have exactly cut our way as far as decisions. Has there yes. been any ruling in Arizona at all? You're the you're the expert. Yes. I'm not. Yes. That has actually gone our way as far as election fraud. Yes, there okay. are two. Give me, and we give survived the motion to dismiss, so it's not final. But okay. that's the preliminary ruling from the judge. So the Dropbox case, which is in Yavapai, uh, and the signature verification case, which is also in Yavapai. So Yavapai is very red, it's very conservative. The third thing is this procedures manual thing. The legislature is going to join us this time. They have not well, they didn't done follow, that in they the didn't past. Fo- they didn't follow the procedures at all last time. That's one of the reasons That's Kerry right. lost. So we're going to remove from him all of from these who? unlawful, from Secretary Fontes, okay. all of the procedures that are not Fontes, in the law. Who's- Okay, so they get into some like in the weeds nonsense that you don't need to concern yourself. But the overall message is clear. She did not take this position to head up the Arizona GOP to focus on get out the vote for Republican voters or to ensure that they're recruiting great candidates. She's there to stop people from voting. She's there to push forward lawsuits, to kill things like drop boxes, to try to wherever possible chip away at the ability of everyone in that state to participate in our elections. And if Donald Trump ends up losing that state in 2024, to be out front in trying to overturn the results of it. So she seems like a comic figure here. 
she could be around for a while. We could be talking about her in the wake of the 2024 election as she tries to put forward fake electors and God knows what else. Francesca, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the this is what makes 2024 different than 2020, which is 2020 there was a massive expansion of voting and ballot access because of the pandemic. Um, there were drop boxes, there were drive-through voting in Texas. Um, it was a lot easier. I mean, basically states where that have stricter voting laws started looking like states where you can yeah have a mail-in ballot or someone else can drop off your um, your your ballot for you so long as your signature is on it, things like that. That's all been rolled back specifically in swing states and in red states and Arizona is again one of those states. And so yeah, they are going to play this anti-democratic game of contesting every single vote because this one was dropped off too early or you brought your you know your your disabled mom's ballot to the you know and, and put it in the mailbox like that kind of crap that they were yeah. trying to pull, they're doing that now. And they're already sort of like taking away the ability to vote in the different ways that folks were able to vote in 2020. So it's like we're bracing for another 2020 in terms of the amount of like like uh, sort of contested elections, but also in terms of voter suppression, yeah. I think it's going to be- It's the big story pretty, of the election. Pretty high, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. And it's hard to know, you know, at the end of the day, a person who stopped from voting never votes. So how do you even know? Um, but anyway, she was put in that position by God, everyone bear that in mind. Did you know, by the way, that you can just say that? And if you yeah. don't believe me, understand that I was put in this position by God. So For don't sure. question anything that I say. Anyway, that said, uh, they're bringing up uh, Carrie Lake there though. Um, Carrie Lake might seem to be, I don't know, riding high after all. She leaked the tape of the former head of the Arizona GOP trying to bribe her out of the race and he lost his position. So I guess now the path is clear for her to run for whatever role she wants. Well, there's a few obstacles potentially in the way. She ended up getting booed by some influential members of the state party. Take a look at this. We don't agree on in 2024 are run fairly and there's not anybody in the country who's better at that than Gina Svoboda. That is why I so look, Carrie Lake clearly uh, is now tied to the new head of the party. Uh, is probably going to you know receive a lot more favorable treatment uh, by uh, the Swoboda. But you saw there a lot of people, apparently thousands of Republican voting members of the state party, that are not a big fan of her. Perhaps because she took out the former head of the the Arizona GOP, who had a comment to make about what you saw in that video, saying, "I hope that the overwhelming mountain of booze Lake got from the almost 2,000 Republican voting members of the state party helps her realize the party." needs and wants unity, not secret and edited recordings, which she has spent the last week fundraising off of that only bring divisiveness and chaos to a time that our country needs to heal. I assume that means that's Jeff DeWitt. Um, yeah, well, look, he is right that she is an agent of chaos. She's not there for unity, she's there for herself. On the other hand, I don't know exactly how she edited the tapes. It is hard to understand what context could be added that would change what seems clear, which is that 
he was trying to bribe her out of the race. Mm. But Francesca, what do you think about this? I don't think we've talked about this issue. We haven't, and I actually kind of missed this story. So I feel woefully underprepared and scared, but I am curious. I think that she wouldn't have gotten booed had they not seen her as that agent of chaos, as yeah. like not being in favor of what she's done to the party. I, I just think. I think what's what to me we have to focus on is how Democrats need to be messaging off of these kinds of things to be pointing out and and clearly so the Republicans only win by cheating that they only win by putting in their favorites to be the head of the GOP to be the ones who are like you know obviously state legislatures and whatnot to be putting their finger on the scale to be suppressing the vote and that's how they get. That's how they get into office. And they yeah. relish in the idea that young people, that people of color, that the elderly, that any that people who work, um, that people are prevented from the ballot box. They relish in that. And we need to talk about that a lot more. They don't want you to vote. Yeah. Well, uh, look, I, I think that this story is interesting in that everyone in it is bad for different reasons. <laughs> Jeff DeWitt did try to bribe her out of the race. And I'm sure a lot more of that happens behind the scenes than perhaps we'll ever know. Swoboda seems like she's there just to be an active participant in the dismantling of American democracy. And Carrie Lake was, you know, an LGBTQ community loving Democrat just a few years ago. And now she's all aboard the Trump train because she sees it as a shortcut to fame and wealth. So all these people are bad. Sorry, Arizona, for what you're stuck with in this particular case. Anyway, with that said, that is all the time we have for the first hour of the show. Thank you to everybody who's been watching and those listening on the podcast. But if you are watching live, there's more to come in the aftermath, which like the first hour will be brought to you by God. So with that said, I hope that you stay tuned in. Francesca and I will be back after this.